0: This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Mike Sadita. Hello out there. Welcome to episode 97 of the Good Neighbor Podcast here in Pasco County. I am joined today by Adam Mervine. He is a mortgage mortgage, mortgage loan officer with Union Home Mortgage. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great other than messing up the, the type of business you're in, um, but other than that, I'm fantastic. That's so right. a little bit about the Good Neighbor podcast. We got started back in 2020 during COVID when everybody had to be socially distant. It was a way for, for business owners, local entrepreneurs, and charities to kind of let the community know what they do and you know why they're doing it. And since 2000, since 2020, we've grown into a national podcast. We have podcasts from Denver to Atlanta to Virginia to all over Florida. And I'm lucky enough to be the person here in Tampa that gets to talk to business owners like you. So with that said, tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Well, I'm a residential mortgage loan officer. Um, I work for Union Home Mortgage. It's a lender. Uh, There is a difference between lenders and mortgage brokers and correspondent lenders and that's. But the lender, uh, I help people find affordable mortgage financing. Um, so they can purchase a home.
0: And, <clears throat> tell me a little bit about, excuse me, man. I am struggling through this thing right now. <laughs> tell me a little bit about like your journey. Like, have you always kind of been in the mortgage business? Did you, when you were younger, did you want to be like an astronaut and you just kind of the backup plan was mortgage broke mortgage uh, lender?
1: Yeah, no, The what I wanted to be when I was a kid was an architect, but I learned very fast that I could not draw <laughs> for the life of me. So, um, I was always really, really good with numbers. Um, you know, my parents, I had an older brother, my, we'd get like $5 for, uh, um, you know, our allowance and, uh, I'd, I'd figure out a way to walk out of the store with six bags of stuff. And my brother would walk out with one item. And, uh, so I just always had a good way of, of being efficient with my money and, and, uh, loved math. It was my best subject in school. Just love the way that math works and stuff, because it always
0: uh, works. That's it, It's not. Yeah. It, it's not marginalized by theory. I mean, unless we start talking about Common Core math or whatever they teach kids. <laughs> I don't know what that thing is. I've tried to figure it out. Um,
1: yeah,
0: but math always seems to work it out. I'm I'm very similar in that regard. I always liked math. With the exception of geometry, I had this conversation with somebody yeah, the other day. That was a
1: tough one for me, too.
0: Just toss, t- toss out the Pythagorean theorem and start teaching people how to balance a checkbook or yeah. how to manage their money a little bit better. I think that would be a better form of uh, education for kids. But yeah. So let me ask you this. Now, you're, you and your brother, is just the two of you, or do you have nope. other siblings? Nope, just my brother, yeah. You're the older or younger? Younger. Okay, Me too. Did you talk trash when you had six things and he only had one Were you like, what are you doing? You idiot. Like you only came out with one thing or were you like just enjoying the fact that you got over?
1: No, that was it. No, I I didn't talk much trash.
0: I couldn't talk much trash to my brothers until I got older. And I was there, they were six and eight years older than me. So when they're like 18 and 16, I'm 10. So there wasn't a lot Mm -hmm. of trash talk. It was kind of just keeping my mouth shut. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty cool. So you are you originally from this area or where, whereabouts? Yeah. How'd you get here?
1: No, I'm from Florida, uh, born and raised. Um, I live in Wesley Chapel now. I was born and raised over in West Pasco area. Um, moved over, only moved over here because I was driving the Brandon from the Newport Ridge area for oh, school yeah. and work and just had to be closer um actually considering moving back over that way because i'm always over there my ex-wife and and my son goes to school over there and my family's over there and friends are over there so a little easier yeah i don't really need to drive much anymore because of the way covid changed the world really um, right i work from home so you know so and,
0: so you're like very similar to me because my business and what i do in the communities a lot of it's odessa and lando lakes and i also am in wesley chapel so you're doing the enjoyable ride from uh wiregrass area to out towards Newport Ritchie going across 41 on 54 and sitting right. at that light for like 20 minutes. And it's got, it's, it's rough.
1: Yeah. And then add in the price of gas and all that. It's uh, yeah. No.
0: Yeah. It's time. It's time to sell the place and, and head out back to Newport Ritchie and be closer to yeah. the family. Where I
1: can drive a golf cart.
0: <laughs> Where you can drive a golf cart. There's a lot of golf cart action in Pinellas County. Well, I guess, I guess, is Newport Richie? I guess that's considered Pasco or up that Pasco, high, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so you're in kind of this business right now that everybody, like, I don't want to say hates because hate is a strong word, but... Mm-hmm your field is kind of affecting a lot of the other things that are going on i mean there's a couple of different industries right there's mm-hmm. there's roofers that affect homeowners insurance that affect right. mortgages that affect realtors like there's this whole mm-hmm. circle of things going on right so is it a time for you right now like one of the one of the questions i like to ask business owners because it helps it helps answer some of the things for people who are listening who are considering a mortgage. What's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest myths or misconceptions that you run into? Um, Like for me, for example, like I hear, hey, listen, even though the interest rate is now six, seven percent or whatever it is at this point today, Mm -hmm. there's ways that I could put additional money to buy down my rate. Like, is that actually a thing? Is how does that work? Mm -hmm. Are you educating people a lot on that? Or is there something else that's more garden variety that you get more of a misconception that you're educating people on?
1: Well, I would say the longest standing myth is that you need 20% to buy a house. And that's that's totally not true. Never yeah. has been the case. Um, you know, I do as little as zero down um, on in some cases. Um, so the 20% is not something that's uh, that's needed. The biggest myth right now or the biggest thing going on right now that's preventing people or scaring people is the, all the talk about the high interest rates. Right. And um, we have a saying in our industry right now, marry the home, date the rate, because the price you pay for the home is permanent. The rate is not right um, prepayment penalties don't exist anymore. Back in 2008, they got rid of prepayment penalties. They got rid of all those programs that you know caused what happened in 2008. Um, so that's not going to happen again. Um, so we say you know right now because i'm not short of applications i'm taking applications like crazy okay it's just those people can't find a house um and when that, some of them when they do and they hear what their payment's going to be they get a little scared right but um what we're saying is you know buy the house now um and you can always refinance later the rates uh, you know our economists and every economist i listen to says you know rates are going to go down in the next 12 to 24 months. Of course, there's an f- election year coming this next year. Of course, that always, Facts. everything starts looking fine and dandy in an election year because none of the politicians want you to focus on the bad. So right. the gas prices will go down, interest rates will go down. And and so that's, that's, just, that's just a t- statistic that always happens during an election year. So, you know, we have that to look forward to. And then You know, depending on how the election turns out, it could go one way or the other. So, um, you know, you just never know um, how it's going to turn out. But what I do is I definitely can take the consultative approach just because of my background. Um, You know, I, I was a bank manager for seven years before doing this as a bank manager. I had to be a financial advisor as well. So, you know, I always took that kind of educational consultative approach where I don't just I'm not just an order taker. You know, I, I I kind of structure a financial plan, and there's no bigger investment tool than a real than a mortgage. Right. Um, you know, that's probably the biggest investment you'll make. So, you know, I can see why people are are leery of the rates, um, but they're just temporary. Um, well,
0: part of it, what you you know, what you're saying in there, part of it is like it's this. It is the ultimate chicken versus the egg scenario because. <clears throat> While people are filling your inbox with applications, the reason they can't find homes is because the people that are in those homes have a 3% mortgage and are right. saying, why the hell do I want to sell my house if I'm going to now double my interest rate? So it's kind right. of this, it's almost like a log jam of getting caught up in it. unless it's affected it. I mean, I Absolutely. deal with, I mean, in my uh, in my advertising, what I do in the community. I mean, realtors are hit by it. Mortgage companies are hit by it. Title companies are hit by it. The nice thing for you, though, is, hey, yeah, date the rate because you can come back to me again and we can refinance again and you and I can have another one night stand and and have another (laughs) transactional thing. So it works for you guys. It's just the uncertainty of what's going to end up happening here over the next couple of years with exactly what you said. I mean, election years are great. And then it's the fallout from whatever comes after it. Um, Yeah.
1: And I find from my just from my experience of doing this for 22 years. Six and a half is is right about where people start to feel comfortable with either vacating their home or buying a home. Okay. Um, so it happened at the beginning of this year. Rates got down to that six and a half, and it—I it, mean—it was like somebody turned on a switch. switch. It was like instantly. Um, right now, it's right now, little, like, right, right now, it's getting a little busy because I just think people are getting used to it. Um, but so and what their, I tolerance, think the their tolerance, their tolerance
0: is increasing.
1: Yeah, when the rates drop, we're going to see a flood of buyers on the market, right. which is going to increase demand, and the supply is still going to be low. So I think home prices are going to continue. What to is
0: as we sit here, where you know we're in the in the end of September 2023? What is the current rate
1: roughly? Mm, man, it it it's very credit score sensitive, but in general, about 7.75. 7. Okay. 775. And then the lower your
0: score, the higher the rate, but it's still viable if you're depending on what's going on. Right, right. Yeah. Well, sorry, here's, here's kind of like a, a fun fact question.
1: Because,
0: uh-huh. you know, listen, a lot of people over the past, between the 08 crisis of the real estate market and then COVID, and you know, like every 10 or so years, we've had something, right? First, it was September 11th. It was 2001. Then yeah. in 2008, it was the mortgage crisis. Then in 2020, it was COVID. So people's credit gets dinged when stuff like that happens and you're kind of circling the wagons. You know, food is more important than paying your Macy's charge card and that goes out the window. So what is, in your experience, in the time you're doing this, the lowest credit score you've ever gotten someone a mortgage with?
1: I would say the lowest score is probably a five. Fifty something. Wow, that is some work. You are putting in some work on that person. So when that but, person comes, but that person was putting a significant amount of money down. I'm actually yeah, okay, doing, and that's right. I'm actually doing a mortgage right now for someone with a five sixty seven score. He's putting one hundred fifty thousand dollars down. So that okay. that, I plays, mean, a, that so, plays a huge part. That plays in a huge list, part in it, right? Because the they're
0: up. instantly there's instantly equity in the house.
1: Yeah, and. The they lender the ability, figures they show, they're showing the ability to save and they're having a lot of equity that that takes a lot of risk out of the way, right? Away, yeah. So
0: the, the lender says at that point, they're like, Well, you know, even if this guy's a terrible credit risk, they uh, we, we're gonna sell this house and make some of the money back right out of the gate because we're not yeah. as invested in it as we would be at a zero down, right. yeah. So, um so, you know, one of the things—I mean, I—I I think I know the answer to this next question because we've—you and I have actually hung out outside mm-hmm. of the business world. But what do you like to do for fun besides watch me lose at trivia on Wednesday nights? What is your other like? Uh, how how old is your son? My son's eight. So that's a fun age. Is he into? Yeah. Is he into sports? Is he into music? Is he into video
1: gaming? What's his What's his yeah, game? Yeah. So. One of my greatest memories from being a kid, my dad was a traditional dad worked, you know, 14 hours a day. I saw him for like an hour at night. And then the thing I did, I always remember doing with my dad is camping. So last year I bought, well, I think it was 2020, maybe 2021. I bought a camper and uh, me and my son go camping all the time. Uh, Just like I said, just because that's what I remember from my childhood doing with my dad. Uh, He loves it. It's, you know, with today's kids, they don't want to leave the house. So. It gets him outside. You know, he builds fires and chops down trees, and you know all okay, that stuff so, that kids these days don't do.
0: So let's talk about this camper. Is it like because I was a kid, we had a, we had some property in the Poconos because in the Northeast, right. but is it one of these pop up? I don't even know what campers look like anymore, or is it a full on you tow behind your truck, or is it like yeah. an RV where you drive it and park it on a spot?
1: Yeah, no, it's a tow behind. Um, just a you know tow behind a. 20, uh, Sierra, 2,500 truck. Um, I want, I'll probably upgrade in the next couple of years to, uh, to something bigger that with a bigger bathroom, really the, the bathrooms and those things are like, know. <laughs> you're walking in with your shoulders yeah. touching the wall and it's like um, going to the
0: bathroom on an airplane.
1: Right? Exactly. So that's the only thing that's not that I don't like about my current one, but yeah, I'll probably upgrade into something bigger, but, uh, I don't like the driving ones. Cause to me, that's just one more engine that I have to maintain. Gotcha. I've had I've had one with an engine before and that's all I seem to do with it was have to get it fixed all the time. Broke down on the side of the road a few times and well at least you have
0: at least well. you have a home that you could stay in while it's broken down on the side of the yeah, road. And
1: one thing you don't realize, which you you met Captain Rob, so he uh he had one that drove before, and you don't realize that you know you set you get to the campground, you set up. If you don't have a car, you can't yeah, no go, go. No. there. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well, you that's why pack you know, thing up to go to the store or whatever.
0: That's why you need a golf cart that you're going to tow right. behind or whatever you're going to do. See, my biggest thing is so this is going to so you're talking about fixing engines and all this manly mm-hmm. stuff and going camping. Yeah. My idea of camping is like staying at a hotel adjacent to a, a creek. Yeah. And my biggest thing is like knowing what you don't do well in life. Yeah, I cannot park a trailer <laughs> to save my life. I've tried every trick: hold the bottom of the steering wheel, everything even. reverse, or I mean, everything. I jackknife the crap out of every trailer I have ever tried to tow. So I know mm. I'm not good at it. So I just it freaks me out. Like if I can get good at that, I might buy a boat or I might mm. buy a trailer and do that because I would like doing that. And then the other thing is the maintenance. Like the reason I don't do a boat or a trailer, honestly, or a camper is because I'm always worried about the maintenance. I'm really good going and buying it and using it the first three or four times. Yeah. But then like the boat, it's like I got to clean it every time and do all that stuff. And it just, I just am not good at the upkeep on stuff like that. And then it goes to crap and then I end up selling it.
1: Well, for you, you're the the type of person that, you know, because now these days they have, you can rent everything, you know.
0: I, there's, did there's I, the yeah, I did clubs, see that. There's the boat clubs,
1: the campers. You can call, rent a camper, and they'll go there. They'll set it up, and when you leave, they'll come and pick it up and take it. <laughs> they'll do. See, everything. now that's that's more <laughs> my speed. That I would like, and it's cheap. It's cheaper than a hotel. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Actually, you
0: just gotta you just gotta take the jeep and go buy groceries so that you have them for the weekend, and you're there. Mm-hmm. So I a friend of mine, she likes to go camping. She's like, oh, we can go camping, and I'm like. Define what we're talking about when you say camping. She yeah, said, oh, in a tent on a rock and in the woods and out in nature. And I'm like, "Yeah." Um, I'm thinking went, more like Hilton near a campsite and we can walk in the grass and hang out. But I, I do like camping. what you're talking about. I, I, I would went, do – I'd rent
1: it. I'd yeah, rent it. I went one. tent camping in July once. Oh, my gosh. Dude. So that and is – And the raccoons were – Nuts. I mean they would they you'd be sitting there, they walk right up to you and take your food right out of your hands.
0: <laughs> well, oh uh, like a raccoon I could scoot. I said to her, I'm like, Well, what do you do when a bear comes? She's like, Oh, I, I can fight bear. I'm like, Yeah, you're like you're like five foot four, a hundred and seven pounds. That bear is gonna just SWAT you and then eat me because I'm more right. meat for it to eat. So yeah. um, so so that is <laughs> I I did so I did the opposite right so you're talking about July in Florida camping and it's 107 degrees still at night and you're just sweating
1: mosquitoes all
0: mosquitoes that. all that so our house in Pennsylvania we first bought it I think we ended up closing on the property like end of September so in New Jersey in the end of September it's still kind of nice I mean it's not it's not nice like it's here it still gets down to 60s in the morning 50s and it's nice in the 80s whatever. Mm -hmm. So my dad is, and I'm like 10 years old. My dad's like, we're going to camp out on our new property that we just got next weekend, like the first week of October. Mm -hmm. Dude, this property was on the top of a mountain in the Poconos. It got down to 30 degrees in October and you're on the top of a mountain. Mm -hmm. So like, of course, nobody, like we're not prepared for that. I'm like literally freezing, shivering, sleeping on a rock in a tent. That's why I'm scarred from camping. That, that experience is the reason I'm scarred from camping. 40, 40 years, 41 years later, and I'm still scarred from it. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> so, All right, so doing a lot of camping. and Are you, are you and your son into fishing or in hunting, or you guys just kind of like to get out into the woods? It's
1: funny, it's funny that you mentioned fishing after you just told that story, because I was going to say um, I'm scarred from fishing because my dad and brother are both huge fishermen. But when I was a kid, my dad, when I would go almost every time I would go fishing with him, he would hook me because he would really he would he would whip his his uh rod He'd back, catch you. and I mean, and that's that's my tragic thing. Oh, I, yeah, I never wanted, to go, you. I never wanted fishing, to go with him, I never wanted to go with him, and it was to me, it was boring, like that's what it is for me, too. I thought it was like if I wasn't catching a fish every throw, I, I just wasn't interested. It was, you know,
0: and when you're a kid. Like, listen, as an adult, if I was in, wanted to have an adult beverage, I could bring a cooler out and get myself lit, sitting there, drinking. And then it's not as boring, at least if you're drinking and you and you can right. do that. But, like, when yeah. you're – when I, that same thing with me. Same exact story with fishing, too. It was the same thing for me. My dad said to me on, like, my 14th or 15th birthday, he's like, for your birthday, I bought you a boat. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Is it, like, a yacht? Like, I, I'm going to go out on a nice <laughs> big boat. So he goes, no, no, it's a fishing boat. I'm like, all right, well, I don't ever fish. Like, that's my mm-hmm. brother, brother, love to fish. He's like, well, mm-hmm. we're going to go out on it. It was a boat. For, it was a gift. He gave it to me for my birthday. It was a gift for him that he gave to me so that he could go fishing, and I would just sit there bored trying to skip rocks on the beach. It was awful. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. So <clears throat> speaking of terrible events, right. what is a hardship in your life that you've run into where, you know, you kind of were looking at it saying, how the hell am I going to get through this? And somehow you came out the other side solid.
1: Yeah. So um, I got married to um, my childhood sweetheart in 2005, March 2005. And then she passed away in a car accident in November 2006. Oh my God. And then of course, 2007, 2008 was the house crisis. So um, there was all that right together at the same time. And um, I've always told my nieces, uh, my brother's kids, you know, life's about choices. You know, you can choose to, you know, you can choose to go to, you know, I, I could have chosen to curl up in the corner and, and use that as an excuse to fail. For everything wow. else. For everything. And everybody would have understood. Right. Everybody have went, well, yeah, yeah. His wife died. Why? you know, of course, he's going to lose it, you know. But it helped with her because she was such a positive person. Like she's walked into a room and she was just like, everybody knew her instantly. She one In of those your people. head,
0: you knew she wouldn't want you to do that. that exactly. So
1: my goal, and I was just telling her mom this the other day, cause I still, still close. Her mom is actually, my son calls her mom Gigi. Um, but, uh, I was just telling her mom the other day that when she passed away, I, I committed to myself that I was going to, in some way I was going to make this positive, that I was going to make her passing something positive come out of it so i do a lot of things when i see that somebody's lost a spouse that i don't even know online i'll reach out to them and kind of share my story and because the thing i struggled with the most when it happened was um one being a man you know we're not supposed to show emotion um and two just finding somebody that i could understand what i was going through right so uh that's why i reach out to people um you know try to you know, just be a sounding board for them, you know, if they need somebody to talk to. Um, And then I did, uh, at one point I did a thing where I donated all of her prom dresses and stuff to a, to a charity and, and had a a little little thing for that. Yeah. And um, you know, so different things like that, but yeah, I just, um, I used it as a positive thing and just said, you know what, I'm going to make her proud because I believe in the afterlife and all that stuff. So I know she can still see me, um, So, you know, I last thing I wanted to do when she was alive was disappoint her. And that's certainly not something I wanted to do after she passed. So uh, that's what's always driven me um, is just, you know, uh, making her proud. And then, um, you know, because I know she wouldn't want me to be sad. So that's uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at.
0: And then on top of that, right after that, from a professional standpoint, now you're kind of buried in it, you know, that three year or so window, three, four yep. year window where your whole right. industry is being revamped and, you know, dragged yeah. over.
1: And I think I got, you know, I've always been a do the right thing kind of guy. Um, right. And I think that rewarded me during that time because I had already been in the industry for five ish years at the point. And, um. Believe it or not, my even though I, I went from working full time to like 20 to 25 hours a week just because of dealing with the grief of my right. wife passing, I still during that time did not have a down year. Um, so I think that me just being the do the right thing kind of person, it, it kept my clients with me, uh, even though maybe they had a foreclosure or maybe something went wrong. They knew it wasn't my fault. They knew right. it, that I wasn't the one that put Point them in a sure. bad program. Uh, or something like that. Right. And also, when that happened, a lot of the industry closed down. Like I used to have a competitor on every corner, and it went from that to barely any competition. So there was a lot less business, but there was a lot, also a lot less competition. So,
0: yeah, that's kind of what happens in the, when the market shifts like that. Same thing with real estate agents and real estate yeah. agents. You'll have me having doing the marketing thing for a long time, 2021, 22. When the real estate market was so crazy in Tampa, you had all these people going and getting their real estate license thinking, hey, I'm just going to get my real estate license and listings are just going to fall out of the sky, not realizing that, listen, there's a lot of people that make real estate look really easy, but it is a hard industry. It is hard being an entrepreneur, being self-motivated, doing all that, and all those people fall by the wayside. And the same thing ended up happening at that period of time with a lot of mortgage guys, the guys who were... Morgan throwing guys. You in the arm and yeah. throwing you on the adjustable rate and kind of getting you in and doing shady stuff to get you in. Yeah. Those guys all fell by the wayside. I mean, yeah. um, I guess that kind of leads me into that. You kind of answered my next question is, you know, what's the one thing you, you want people to know about your business? And, you know, for me listening to it and, and, and having dealt with you before, it, it's really integrity. It, it's really mm-hmm. just kind of treating people how you would want to be treated, but. What that's my takeaway from your business and knowing you, what do you want listeners and people that are looking for a mortgage to know about doing business
1: with you? Well, yeah, I mean, that's why I've always I have if anybody ever asked me, how how have you been so successful? It's simple to me. Be honest and call people back. That's it. I mean, if you tell somebody you're going to call them by the end of the day, call them by the end of the day, whether you have an answer or not. You know, they, they respect that. Um, and then, you know, I think the biggest thing that people don't know about our industry is how many, how hard we work and what all has to be done in the background and how many people are working on it. Um, and, you know, and they think we we get paid by the hour or salary salary. So they don't they don't understand that we have the same motivation they do. Um, you know, if that loan doesn't close, if this mortgage doesn't close, we don't get paid. Um, now there are some companies that do pay hourly and salary, and that's why, that's kind of like how I get go against my competition is, you know, if I, if I'm competing against the bank, I'll tell the customer, listen, you know, I don't have anything against this person, but they're probably getting paid a salary. So where do you think they're going to be on a Saturday? They're not going to be answering your phone call. (laughs) <laughs> because right. they're going to get their paycheck on Friday regardless. Right. So, right. Um, You know, so that's the thing with that is, you know, just there's a lot of people I have myself. I have my loan officer assistant. I have my processor underwriters. You know, all those people are working and we all care. Like we all, they, you know, some people get upset and they're like, why aren't you doing, you know, why aren't you working on this? Or why, you know, I'm like, you know, first of there's all, five you know, other just, hands there, on it. Yeah. There's there, we're all working on it. Believe right. me, we all want to get paid. So um you know that's that's probably the biggest thing is uh, just treating people like you said the way they want to be treated. You know when I talk to somebody on a on a, on the phone I, I talk to them just like I'm talking to you like right. like you're a person. I'm, not gonna talk, I'm not going to I'm not going to be all you know professional and you know it's it's freaky to people you know and just just be yourself and and show your knowledge and and then then that's well, it.
0: It's funny is that 20 years I worked a corporate job and and corporate finance and insurance and, you know, all those types of things. And no tattoos, no beard, no nothing had a you know, the whole, you know, past performance doesn't guarantee future results. And you had to be super compliant with the way you spoke to people. And when I tell you, Adam, I hated it. Like every day I would get up and go to work. And it was like, because, look, I like to. Mix it up with people like not mixed up in a better, but I like to, mm-hmm. I like that conversational. That's why I do a yeah. freaking podcast, because I like to learn about what people do. I like to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. If I have to be so buttoned up about every little question I ask and worry about every little thing that's going to come out of my mouth, shoot, I would never talk. I would just keep a shoe in my mouth all the time. So yeah. I definitely do like that part of it. And, and you touched on something that's big is my biggest pet peeve. Like, look, I do marketing for people. My job is to educate them on marketing. I'm not a mortgage guy. I couldn't tell you how to write a mortgage in the underwriting process. I'm not an attorney. I'm not going to tell you how to litigate. Mm -hmm. I know I don't look like it, but when it comes to marketing, I've done it all. Everything, TV, Mm -hmm. radio, print. I've put people on Howard Stern. I've put people on This Is Us. I've done Mm -hmm. massive media campaigns for huge brands. Mm -hmm. I can help small businesses with their marketing. The biggest thing I I despise is people that waste my time. Now, whether people have money or not to do marketing, that's one thing, but you said something very specific. You pick up the phone and you talk to people. For me, people who don't value my time lose my interest rapidly. So like when I set an appointment with somebody and I'm sitting, waiting at Panera bread and they're 30 minutes late and then they stroll in like, like Jennifer Lopez coming down the red carpet I immediately lose interest. And I'm in a fortunate position with my business that I fire clients. Like, if they're not clients, but potential clients. If I don't think it's a right fit because of what I do is very exclusive, I can walk away from somebody just as easily because the money is not as important to me as that work life balance. And even as an entrepreneur, answering the phone on Saturday, which I do. I got to have that work-life balance. So I've actually had people that have wanted to do business with me where I'm like, yeah, you know, I just don't know if if we're a good fit for one another, just knowing that it's not going to be a fit. So valuing time and answering the phone and doing all those things, those are values that in the text message and emailing world have Mm -hmm. somehow slipped quite a bit. Yeah. So I guess the, the big question is, if I'm looking to do a, a refinance or I mean, do you do HELOCs? Is that a big is that a big thing? Are people getting away from HELOCs? I always like to
1: talk to people who want to do ones because it's not always the best option. But I do have referral sources for them. So
0: you have some of that. So mm-hmm. um, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Is it uh, email, phone number, website, carrier pigeon, Raven? I don't know. How are we getting a hold of you? What's the best way?
1: Cell phone's the best. It's always with me. 727-992-3212 for sure. Text or call any time of the day.
0: Awesome. So folks, if you're out there listening and you're saying to yourself, you know what, the interest rate is high right now, but um, I might want to stay in my house a little longer and maybe do some sort of refi, whether that's a HELOC or if it's some sort of traditional second mortgage, Adam is your guy to reach out to. He has a huge referral network that I know for sure. So if you're looking to do something with your home and the financing, definitely reach out to Union Home Mortgage. Adam will take care of you. The number is 727-992-3212. Adam, thank you so much for coming on the Good Neighbor Podcast. All right.
1: Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Passco. To
0: nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnppasco.com. That's gnp. Pasco.com or call 813-922-3610.